0: The Fanfic Writers' Craft is a podcast that discusses all things fanfiction with a focus on the art and science of writing for the enjoyment of fan communities. My name is Joe, aka Publisand, and I'll be your host for the next hour or so. My co-host, Lani, isn't here today, but I'm joined by a guest who goes by the name of Wordwitch to talk about reader insert fanfiction. If you don't already know, reader insert fanfiction is a type of fanfiction which allows readers to become characters in the story and often explore romantic scenarios with their favorite characters. We talk about the growing popularity of this type of fanfiction and the different levels of character building involved in creating reader characters. We discuss how the reader's desires and expectations are balanced with the writer's ideas and the challenges of satisfying readers while maintaining the writer's own vision. Wordwitch shares her experience writing a reader insert fic in the Stranger Things fandom and how she develops her reader character to create a compelling story. For now, buckle up, get yourself a nice cup of tea, and welcome to the Fanfic Writer's Craft. Hello, and welcome to the Fanfic Writer's Craft. This is Jo. I hope you're all doing well. Uh, I personally am just coming out of a full weekend of just writing and obsessing over like five paragraphs in... (laughs) in a a single story. So uh, yeah, my brain is a bit fried, but I'm very happy to be there. I'm without Lani for this episode, as I have a wonderful guest with me today uh, to discuss a topic that I'm very excited about. So as you might have guessed from the intro and the title of the episode itself, we are going to be talking about a very specific uh, genre of fanfic right now, which is reader inserts. If you don't know what a reader insert fanfic is, it's a type of fanfic where the reader is inserted into the story as a character often with a romantic or close relationship with one of the existing characters of the original media, but not necessarily. The reader is typically referred to as you or your name, and the story is written in second-person point of view, which is a bit unusual, uh, to create a sense of immersion and personalization for the reader. These fanfictions can be found in many different fandoms and often explore alternate storylines or romantic pairings. Now, this discussion kind of came about Uh, because I made a passing comment in one of our episodes last year, which was the OC episode, which I'll link in the show notes, where I mentioned that I'd seen a number of these in the Peaky Blinders fandom, and Lani and I were kind of quickly discussing whether we would say that reader inserts would be OCs or not, and considered OCs. And I must admit, if I recall correctly, I was a bit flippant about these fakes in my initial comments, uh, for which I do apologise. But as a result, our lovely guest today word witch reached out to us through an ask which i will link also in the show notes uh, to explain the appeal and the ins and outs of reader inserts i really really loved her comment and so i offered her to come on the pod to talk about it which she accepted so i'm very happy so word witch why don't you tell us a bit about yourself who you are What you write, how did you come to fan fiction, all that good stuff? Well, hi. Um, Thank you so much for having me on,
1: first of all. Um, I discovered this podcast fairly recently, so I was thrilled to have found it because I love listening to writers talk about the process of writing, um, but it's rarely discussed in the context of fan works. So there are some elements that are so specific to fan fiction, um, and it was really refreshing to hear thoughtful discussions on them. So, first of all, I just wanted to thank you for the fact that this exists. I
0: appreciate you. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's just like, I think, you know, there are a lot of, of course, like things in common with other types of writing, especially original writing, but there are things that are very specific to fan fiction and I think it's great to kind of have those conversations and I think it kind of, also helps fan fiction be taken a little bit more seriously, um, In terms of you know the kind of the kind of work that we do, and you know that was definitely the intention. So I'm very happy that that resonated with you. Yeah. <laughs> um. So so I first
1: started writing fan fiction when I was about 13 for House MD, mm-hmm. um, which pretty much tells you everything you need to know about me. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, um, when I first heard your suit Pebbly Sand on the podcast, I was like, well, that name kind of rings a bell, and I have, <laughs> I have no idea why. Um, but then you mentioned in one of the episodes that you also used to write for House way back then, and I was like, oh my god, I bet that's where I saw it. <laughs> it so it just sort of, like, unlocked this um, core memory for me, <laughs> I, I guess. Um, so I actually started posting my work on the House MD forum, like the actual website for wow. House. Um, and they had this whole thread dedicated to fan fiction so so I was just on this this forum back then posting fan fiction at like 13 <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I discovered fanfiction.net and I wrote for house on there mm-hmm. um, then I took a hiatus and came back in early college to write for fable the video game All right. Um, yeah, specifically about the character Reaver, who I found really fascinating. Mm-hmm. Um, then I wrote for Once Upon a Time, uh, specifically like the Rumple Stiltskin bell pairing. Um, that was under a different suit a long time mm-hmm. ago. <laughs> but then I didn't write fanfic for 10 years after that. Um, and I, I just sort of dropped like being a part of fandom in general. It just like wasn't really, mm-hmm. I don't know, something I was involved in. Then in May of 22, or, um, yeah, 2022, or last year, um season four of Stranger Things came out and I fell head over heels for Eddie Munson and I was completely blindsided by being like obsessed with a fictional character again. Um I yeah. found myself <laughs> I found myself craving not only fan created content but fan community. Um so here I am, like thirty years old, trying to find my place in fandom again and at the time, the popularity of the character was just absolutely explosive and um so it was difficult for me to like wade through various fandom outlets uh to sort of find my niche again and like sort of find my mm-hmm. corner of the community that I was really looking for, you know especially at the age that I was, there's so many. Younger people, like they're all on TikTok now. Like, where, where is my place in <laughs> all of this? It was just, <laughs> I, it was, it was very strange. Um, but I was, I was on Tumblr from around 2012 to 2017. Uh, but I was in the Rush fandom, like the band, um, and <laughs> the progressive mm. rock fandom on there. So it was entirely different um, climate in terms of fan created content. There wasn't really a whole lot of Fan fiction. In right. fact, it was actually quite frowned upon. <laughs> at least, yeah, at least in my corner of the fandom. Right. Um, people just considered it disrespectful since they're real people, and especially if they're doing pairings. <laughs> that was especially frowned upon.
0: <laughs> but that's interesting, though, because there's so many like real people, yes. pairings. You know, like I was thinking about like One Direction or, you know, like even like YouTubers and stuff. So I guess it really depends on the fan community itself because in some fandoms it's definitely more mainstream and tolerated I guess
1: yeah um, I really do think it depends on the fandom and because the Rush fandom I guess I don't know maybe it attracts a more mature or like older Mm -hmm. audience and, and you know plus this was at the time that I was participating in this fandom, this was back in, like, 2014, 2015, so, like, right. the, the climate might have changed, and people's, like, um, yeah. attitudes towards real people, fanfiction, fan fiction might have changed, but, um, yeah, at least in the corner of the fandom that I was a part of, it was, like, kind of frowned upon so i ended up i ended up getting locked out of my tumblr account in like 2017 because it was connected to an old email address i no longer had the password for so i didn't really go on tumblr much after that i'd kind of fallen out of going on there anyway um but coming back after being gone for so long it was a bit overwhelming um the character eddie munson was just so incredibly popular and i had to wade through a lot to really find friends and figure out how to like make mm-hmm. friends and make connections again after after being away for so long. I'd also never posted fanfiction on Tumblr before, um, so I was a bit mm-hmm. confused as to how that worked and, like, with the formatting and the tagging and, like, all of that. Honestly, the last website I had used to post fanfiction was fanfiction.net. So, like, that tells you, mm-hmm. I you know, because AO3 has been... thing for a while now (laughs) so
0: that that tells you yeah it's funny you because I was thinking about that when you mentioned house earlier so Yeah, obviously I did use to write House fanfic, although I was on FSNET. And I remember, I think, I I wasn't really like in the House fandom per se. I was kind of gravitating around it. And I wrote a number of fics, I remember, uh, for like the House fandom on FSNET. And then I remember making the move to AO3 after that. And so on AO3, there's only one of them because I didn't think the quality was good enough to, oh, at the yeah. time <laughs> to be like <laughs> oh what's wrong so right like the quality of mine is just... <laughs> it's so something. I remember I remember like there's one of the three house fix that I moved over because I was like okay that I can that one I can like live with you know and that, <laughs> that, was, I, that, that was that was, was like, like and, and then that was like 2012 or 2013 so that was like because when I moved uh, when I moved to A03 it was like 2013 mm-hmm. so I think that was already like a few that was already like 10 years ago so I haven't read any of them since. The only thing that I know is that House is the only fandom where I left a uh, work in progress unfinished. Yeah. Really?
1: Yeah. I'll, so I'll, I'll give you a little tidbit about myself. Most of my work was left unfinished. <laughs> <laughs> I was like notoriously horrible about like just like abandoning fix <laughs> i i you know i'd get like busy with college or i'd get i would just like i'd lose interest in it and then mm-hmm. i would just like never look back like, I, All I right. you know my um the focus of my attention would shift to something else i'd become obsessed i <laughs> have a new hyper fixation and then that was the end of it so i left a lot of people hanging and i am trying to never do that again, especially with the, the current story I'm writing. I'm very, 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 very determined to finish this one. <laughs> but yeah, I, my follow through has gotten a lot better now that I've gotten older. Um, but yeah, it was it was really fascinating coming back into fandom after being away for so long. And I feel like it gave me this really unique perspective. It was like I had been cryogenically frozen and then like reawakened. <laughs> <laughs> and, and there were all these new styles of writing that I hadn't seen previously, Um, like reader inserts, and uh, the majority Mm. of Vic being written in present tense, as opposed to past tense. And I I was really excited when I saw that you guys did an episode Mm -hmm. on that, because that was one of the first things I noticed. I was like, wait a minute, do we not write in past tense anymore? What's going on? (laughs) (laughs) What year is it? Um, Yeah, it was just it was really interesting to me to see all of these New, um, yeah, like styles and, and takes on, yeah, writing. So, yeah, the first, the first piece mm-hmm. I wrote for Eddie X Reader was exclusively on AO3. And then um, slowly, as I got more acquainted with how posting fanfic work on, worked on Tumblr, I began to sort of dip my toe in with a one-shot and, like, a few drabbles. And then after I um, made some friends and found a little niche, mm-hmm. I began to really gear up to write my first long-form fic called Don't Stand So Close to Me, which is also written in second person. Um, and I released the first chapter of that at the end of November of last year. Um, it's still ongoing and it's doing really, really well, um, especially on Tumblr. And, um, I actually think the majority of my engagement comes from Tumblr as opposed to AO3.
0: So that's, yeah. And yeah. that, that's something that I wanted to chat about as well. Um, is like, cause I, I've definitely, so, as I said in the intro, you know, most of the um, sort of fanfic that I've seen in reader inserts, um, is for Peaky Blinders, and most of what I've seen is actually on Tumblr. And I wonder if, like, it's, do you think it's more of a Tumblr-specific phenomenon, or? Because, because definitely, like, I've seen, obviously, I've looked at, like, AO3 on, um, for Peaky Blinders, and I'm not saying there's no fix there, there are Raider inserts, but they're very, it seems like it's fewer than on Tumblr.
1: Yeah, I think that, well, first of all, it has to do with the fandom itself, and how, like, for example, for this fandom, and I'll get into a bit more of this uh, later, but you know, like, what is the pairing? Like, is is it more popular for people? Are people just like obsessed with this one character, and they want to be with him or them or, or whoever? Or is Mm -hmm. it like, is there a specific pairing that they want to write about more? I do think that Tumblr lends itself to that a bit better, because it's also easier to share like blurbs and drabbles and like these little short form content that it's it's just easier to share that as opposed to posting mm-hmm. on AO3 where it just sort of goes into this forum with everything else and there's not this, like, reblog capability. There isn't this, like, community aspect to it. Um, so, it's yeah, it's definitely a different climate, um, but I would say that Tumblr um, has more of an appeal right. if you're doing that sort of work because then you you really do get to engage a lot with the community yeah yeah
0: no that's really interesting and yeah thanks for thanks for answering that I like yeah it's definitely something that I've noticed and I was kind of like is this just me thinking this or is this a reality but I think but I definitely agree with what you're saying about short form like I used to so a few years ago, oh, I think it must have been like twenty fifteen or twenty sixteen I went on this moment where I was just writing like a lot of it was kind of trendy to write uh, three sentence stories mm-hmm. um, where uh, basically you would like have and and it was it was kind of a game because then you had to like really think where you would end the sentence in order to like yeah. tell you know in short form and stuff and it I think it's a bit of a like um a travel sort of exercise like 100 yes. words but it, it takes a different kind of focus because it's not about the number of words it's more about like the sound and the punctuation and stuff So I think yes. I really liked it And I remember those would do A lot better on Tumblr and, and I actually exclusively Used to post those on Tumblr And then I moved them to AO3 as like Kind of an archive thing later on But yeah I think So I definitely agree that like short form Is uh, better on Tumblr mm-hmm. But um So the first thing that I kind of wanted to Talk to you about regarding reader Inserts is really st- Stemming from uh, the ask that you sent us on Tumblr, and which was more about like the appeal of reader-insert fanfiction, um, and I was kind of wondering if you could talk a little bit about what makes that kind of fan fiction so popular and do you think it's like the opportunity to become a character in the story or like the chance of like exploring different scenarios with your favorite character, you know, if you're a fan of that show or of that band or whatever it is, or do you think it's something else?
1: Yes. Well, all of the above, I think that there is a huge appeal to this. Um, Actually, this was something I was incredibly pleased to see after, coming out of my cryogenic freeze so to speak (laughs) i was like oh my god this is what i've been looking for because here's the thing for this fandom specifically it's like we're all just in love with him right We all just want Mm. to comfort him and explore these romantic scenarios with him and give him the happy ending that he was denied on the show. Which, (laughs) spoiler alert, they killed him. (laughs) They killed him. They killed him (laughs) off in canon. But we're all in denial about it, like deep denial. First of all, I I truly think that they're going to bring him back for season five just because he is so immensely popular. Like he Mm -hmm. he is he is the most popular character in the fandom, and he, he was only he literally only had like. 20 full minutes of screen oh, time. Wow. And, yeah. And, and so no, I we could go down a whole rabbit hole with like how, why I think that they're going to bring him back, but I okay, for the record, I believe record, you. I I think that they will. <laughs> okay. Um anyway, so we're all just in love with him and because of this, the most popular pairing in the fandom is actually with the reader. Uh-huh. Um so there are other versions of the fandom that do ship him with Steve or with Chrissy, but I would say and I'm not really involved in those quarters of the fandom, so it's, it's hard for Mm -hmm. me to get a full perspective, but I would say that probably 70% of the fans ship them with themselves, or ship him with themselves, or like, you know, or I would say 70% of what I see is him and reader. Um, right. Yeah, which it's it's very interesting because I I'd never seen that sort of thing before. Mm. Um, but here's why I think reader insert is absolutely brilliant. It's like we're basically all reading to experience these romantic scenarios with this character, and it's like. For me personally, and for so many others, like I want that immersion, you know, like mm-hmm. reading someone else's OC. It's like I just keep getting jolted out of it with the name, and you know, reading about their like icy blue eyes, like limpid tears, <laughs> and, like it just, it just sort of takes me out of it. And I've always had a problem reading pairings with OCs for that reason. Um, it, you know, it's just like. Just cut out the middleman, you know, like, we all just want to imagine ourselves Mm -hmm. with him Why beat around the bush. And so it's all about the level of immersion that you get with reading you. There's just something that like hits different when you read a sentence that's like, he thought about you again. You know what I mean? It's just... Or he did something with mm-hmm. you or to you or or you did something with him. And it just sort of puts you yeah. right there. So I feel like immersion really is the main objective.
0: Right. And do you think, like, those fics are becoming more and more popular? Because I guess... In your fandom, it's pretty clear, but do you think they're becoming more popular in general? Um, Yeah, I I think at least in certain fandoms
1: anyway. um, I feel like there was practically none of this like 10 years ago, Mm -hmm. and now it's all I read and write, so... I mean, at least from experience and at least, you know, with the fandom that I'm involved in, it's immensely popular.
0: Right. And I, like, so I think another thing that you were kind of discussing in your ask um, is, and and I also discussed in the answer that I gave to your ask is, how do you build reader insert characters? Because I think, you know, most of what I see online is somewhere between it being an OC and it being someone that every everyone can identify with right and I think that must be so hard mm-hmm. because y- you have to obviously like you need this person to have some sort of characteristic some sort of personality because it's not like you know it's not really a character and the plot yes. doesn't move forward like you know you need you need people to move the exactly. plot forward and <laughs> make choices, but you also kind of need it to be someone everyone can recognize or I can identify with because, you know, for me, a lot of times, like, I'll see, especially, again, Peaky Blinders, I'll see these pop up on my dash and (laughs) sometimes they're like, oh, you you say this to, you know, it's mostly reader ex-Tommy for anyone who knows Peaky Blinders and uh, you say this to him and I'm like, well, I wouldn't say that, you know, so it how how do you deal with that question? And how do you build a reader insert? And do you think that's different from building an OC? Yeah,
1: so so this is where it gets really interesting for me. Um, I feel like there's different levels of character building for different desired outcomes, so to speak. And actually, there seems to be mm-hmm. this um, sort of running theme on the podcast that's like, what is the objective? And I feel like this is also incredibly applicable to reader inserts because depending on the length of the thick mm-hmm. or the tone of the story reader characters can range from fairly vague to full-blown characters with detailed backstories um Mm. so like even in the shortest blurb or shortest one shot um as a character in the story reader does have a role within the story and a relationship to eddie like are they best friends are they some person he just met at a concert or his classmate like the possibilities are endless, but reader always has some role within the story and subsequently a way of behaving and interacting with him. Um, And I think a lot of, a lot of these factors are typically laid out in the summary so that the person reading can get a sense of who they will be playing, so to speak. Um, And I really like the term that you used in your response um, to my comment of cosplaying as, because it's really quite accurate to what's going on. Like we all know that this isn't really us, (laughs) you know, but we, but we want the agency to be able to pick who we want to play, you know, like, what what type of story do you want to be immersed in? What type of person do you want to play? Um, some right. people will pick fix that have reader characters either super vague or resembling more of themselves in real life. Um, and other people will be a bit more open to exploring cosplaying characters who are less like themselves and are more solidified characters with backstories. And these, I feel like, are more commonly seen in series or Mm -hmm. long-form books.
0: Yeah, which makes sense because, you know, like the more you have to write the more you have to build the character, like you know, if it's just yes. a if it's just a short form sort of thing, you need less detail and less backstory than you would yeah, do in a exactly. long form. So I think that makes sense. Yeah,
1: yeah, um, yeah. So another thing you'll commonly see um, is the abbreviated stand-in of Y slash N to denote your name. Um, some writers mm-hmm. use this; others don't. I personally don't. Um, I think for the style of fic that I am currently writing, um, I feel like it can take the reader out of the immersion so I will rework a sentence so that I avoid having to do that um, people will oftentimes tag their work to let the reader know whether they will be using this abbreviation or not ahead of time um, I've actually seen people give reader characters names too and nicknames are more common like you know at some point in the story they'll, they'll earn a nickname or something like that um, but some people yeah. people, actually opt for no name at all mm-hmm. um, and one thing I discovered fairly recently is there's actually a web browser extension called Interactive Fix that lets you replace the Y slash N abbreviation or the name of the character that the writer has given with your own name
0: yeah I've heard about that on TikTok because I've seen there's a lot of people who read uh, reader insert fix on TikTok mm-hmm. and I've heard about that extension yeah but I think it's so interesting that like you are reworking your because that must be hard because again, funnily enough, house is the house was the fandom was the only fandom where I actually wrote a stick in second person POV, Ooh. and I like it's hard. <laughs> yeah, it is. You really do. Have, you have to like
1: do some mental gymnastics yeah. <laughs> sometimes to it's yeah hard.
0: and so having to do that on top of you know not being able to um not being able to use names or not being able to like refer you know I think we all we all kind of struggle sometimes with like referring to characters without actually saying their names or without actually saying he or she because yes. you know it's a bit repetitive and so having to juggle that plus the second person pov is really hard i think <laughs> yeah it's well it's something that you mm-hmm.
1: you do get used to um and i have i've discovered i i mm-hmm. love writing in second person i i love it i just i don't know something about it is
0: just really satisfying to me oh i love i i agree i love second person i love reading it and i it's funny to me it comes a lot more in original fiction oh um i don't know why But I tend to gravitate towards it a lot more if I'm writing original fiction. But, uh, but yeah, I 100% agree. Like, I love second person. I think it's, I think it's amazing.
1: Yeah, I'm so glad you (laughs) (laughs) agree. I feel like, um, and I guess this ties back to like, the original oc episode that this comment was was based on but i don't find um like other podcasts for instance, or other people who talk about writing process discussing second person very often it's kind of just something that's like yeah. oh yeah there's first and there's third and then second person who who uses that <laughs> you know it really like that's kind of the attitude that i've seen towards it so um yeah i'm i'm so glad to be able to discuss it cuz there really is something so special about reading you you know what I mean or writing yeah. you yeah so one thing that's that's discouraged in reader insert fix is describing the character physically unless stated in the summary mm-hmm. um, like for example when people some people want to see um, their body types represented. So they will purposefully write like a chubby reader or a disabled reader or something to that extent, but they always make sure right. that it's known up front. If the specifics of the character's body type are described. So as far as character building goes, I'm gonna use my own story as an example. So in Don't Stand So Close to Me, um the reader character is actually Eddie's high school English teacher. <laughs> and in in canon, Eddie has been held back from graduating twice. So he's repeating senior year for his third time making him about 20 years old so i had this vision for a slow burn forbidden romance but i wanted to really lean into the character development that results from their relationship so i needed a place to start Mm -hmm. in terms of the character's desires fears and misbeliefs um and naturally as with real people all these things stem from the character's past so it became really necessary for me to explain why reader behaves the way that she does and how it's um, ended you know how she's ended up at this place in her life. Also why this forbidden romance that's mm-hmm. transpiring really matters to her specifically like in the greater context of her life. Um, So to summarize her backstory, the um, teacher reader <laughs> was forced to move back to her mm-hmm. hometown of Hawkins, Indiana after her fiance cheated on her over the summer and her mother pressured her to move home. Um, some other backstory info is that she lost her older Brother, when he was seventeen years old, um, and she was in eighth grade. After he drove home drunk from a Halloween party, mm-hmm. um, and as a result of this, she became an only child for her very controlling mother, and missed out on a lot of life experiences for the sake of good behavior and pleasing others. Um, so this is a very specific backstory. Yeah, it's so specific. <laughs> and um, I mean, it's a
0: great backstory. I'd one hundred percent read that. But yeah, it's very specific. Yeah,
1: I was. Yeah, I was a little nervous about that. Um. And And I I knew I was taking a risk with it, but it felt like it was really necessary to the kind of story that I wanted to tell because I really am writing a novel here. And I wanted it to read Mm. like one and have the same impact and gravitas that you get when you work with these themes and motifs and character developments and backstories like this. So I, I... thought it was really important and you know in order to be going somewhere you have to start somewhere you know what
0: I mean yeah no definitely and I think I think again that's fascinating because it's obviously like that that to me sounds like OC building that yes, to me sounds yes. like you know very much character building but at the same time you know in the descriptions that in, in the description that you make yes this is very specific but it's also feelings that a lot of people might have you you know, like it's um, mm-hmm. it's the kind of thing that is pretty universal of you know having to move back home. Like not universal, but I think a lot of people have experienced that. You know, or like having some sort of mm-hmm. loss and impact your way, your your life in a very deep way or whatever. So I think I kind of see how. Even though this is very specific, it would appeal to a lot of people because while, yes, this is, you know, almost an OC, there's also some very universal experiences there. I definitely think that's interesting and, and I wonder if, like, do you think that's something that's necessary when you're writing a reader insert is, like, try to at least, even if you do have a very extensive backstory sort of appeal to, you know, general sort of qualities or or general backstories or or feelings that people might have.
1: Yeah, I I definitely do. I think that um I wanted to make this character relatable in mm. in some way. And and always, you know, when you're writing a reader insert character, you you want them to behave, like, you know, unless explicitly stated that the character is, like, mean, or, you know what I mean? Yeah. You, 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 you want them to behave in a way that, you know, perhaps the, the reader themselves could empathize with them behaving. Yeah. And, yeah, I, I think that making... You know, even with a detailed backstory, you can make a character extremely relatable. And, and with the specificity of this backstory, actually, I've had people come to me like out of the woodwork being like, you know, a similar thing happened to me, or like I lost my brother in a car accident, or, you know, like yeah. things that I didn't anticipate people finding incredibly relatable mm-hmm. i actually have this one this one person who goes by trauma anon who <laughs> sends me asks and was like this like cheated on and i lost my brother fairly recently so like this story is very like personal to me and i didn't even anticipate that you know so when you when you start to delve into these very like specific character traits or backstories you know you never know who you're going to be like connecting with and that's that's kind of special too you know
0: yeah and I think you know obviously that's something that can happen with any character i think like it can yeah, happen totally. with any oc like i know i know in my own fic there's a lot of people <laughs> who reached out to me being like i feel i i feel deeply for mia uh, which uh, mia is my oc and i was like mm, yeah mm-hmm. me too um <laughs> but um, but yeah i think i you know that can happen with any any character but i think the interesting thing about a reader insert is that you really need that because you really need people to be like okay I really empathize, I really relate. And also for this... Persons like this, um, reader inserts reactions and, and thoughts and feelings and dialogue to make sense to whoever is reading because it's like the worst thing is probably when you're reading a e- reader insert and then the reader does XYZ and you're like absolutely enough. I would never do that, you know? So, so it's like, I think it's really important to build context. And I think, um, that's definitely something that I admire because that must be really hard as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, I mean, at first I was I was
1: nervous to give her such a detailed backstory because I was worried that it would take readers out of it too much, like especially with this very specific kind of trauma that she went through. Um, but I was pleasantly surprised to find that a lot of them responded quite positively to it. And they really do see her as a character. And I, so I think that, you know, they anticipate her actions and reactions coming from what they know about her characterization you know even even with a character this specific there is just like like yes I am like writing an OC but, but it, it's still uh, there's still an appeal with it being written in second person being able to experience this story as if you are stepping into this character's skin you know what I mean so regardless of the fact that like yes she definitely like is an OC but there's still this element that makes it so immersive and so personal because of the way that it's written. Um, so I was taking a huge risk <laughs> with the student-teacher relationship trope. Um, and actually, on top of this, teacher reader is 30. So now we've got an age gap that we're working with here, too. And I was anticipating that this would also potentially dissuade people from reading it. But I was really committed to the vision that I had for this story. It's all its all really important in the grand scheme of things. Her having to start over at that age on top of missing mm-hmm. out on you know these experiences in her life, really really primes her for these new experiences that yeah. she's about to have with this much younger partner. So I feel like, I just feel I felt like it wouldn't have the same impact if she was younger. Plus, I actually I feel like there's a demand for older reader characters. And, you know, there's quite a good portion of the fandom who is mm-hmm. around 30, like myself. And we want to be able to see ourselves as the MC love interest too, you know? And there's been a ton of feedback I've gotten to that exact tune. I, yeah. uh, I've also got a ton of readers who are like in the 18 to 21 range too so like it just goes to show mm-hmm. <laughs> it just goes to show that like the reader character doesn't have to be that similar to the readers themselves in order for it to garner interest and, but as nervous as I was about all of these factors this story has done incredibly well and um I've got tons of really engaged and passionate readers most of them on tumblr and um it's really the best i could have hoped for yeah
0: yeah that's that's fantastic to hear and to be honest like yeah i think i think it is challenging and and again like i you know i don't know if i'd be capable of doing that to be honest um (laughs) It, it it requires a very delicate hand. Yeah, <laughs> no, definitely, because, you know, you're kind of surfing that line between, like, reality and fiction and, like, having a character, but also having someone who anybody can identify with and you know obviously people will have expectations as I was saying and it's managing those expectations as well so it's it's super interesting and I just like I can't imagine having to do all of that on top of like the writing part (laughs) Which is hard enough yeah. as it is. It's, right, well yeah, writing part and then I'm also
1: writing a taboo topic. So yeah. like, there's, there's a lot, there's a lot of layers in this onion. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's been, it's been challenging, but I also had a lot of a lot of faith in myself to be able to tell this story in a tasteful and moving way and that really Mm -hmm. was what appealed to me so much about it because i i felt like a lot of people i i had not seen this trope done before really like in the fandom and i was sort of waiting for it and waiting for it and waiting for it and i'm like all right, well, I might as well just write it myself. <laughs> I, you know, I like we write what we want to read oh, and I, 100%, yeah. I I I had faith I was like I I can do this. I I have a story here that I really yeah. really want to tell and and a lot of people are here for it and it's just it tickles me that people are just so invested in this story cuz I am too.
0: <laughs> no, but I think I think it's definitely true that you know, we write we write we write what we want to read or for me it's like either I'm writing what I'm not seeing in in uh, fandom or I'm or I'm writing stuff that I'm seeing in fandom the, but that I disagree with yes yes <laughs> like the best way to write for me to get to like to get me writing is to give me a fake with which I'm like no that's shit I disagree with that. yes <laughs> I, can I, do <laughs> I can do it better I can do it better but yeah, no, definitely. So I think I think it's really interesting, and I so I think I wanted to ask you this because I think a lot of people might have that question of like, where do you think there's like any ethical issues with reader inserts? Because I think you know, especially when they're done in real people fan, real people fiction, but even like in normal fan fiction, you know, should do you think the writer needs to be kind of mindful of the power dynamics at play when they write? Stories that feature romantic or you know sexual relationships between the reader and a character, and or do you think it's just like something that people get upset with for no reason, or do you think there's like a little bit of truth in that? How do you how do you feel about that?
1: Um, I think that when it's with the reader and a character, I don't think there's really any ethical mm-hmm. issue. Um, the thing that I I see people getting the most up in arms about are with uh, real people fandoms yeah. and i I personally don't write r p f um I don't mm-hmm. perceive myself ever doing so, but I know a number of people who do. Um, like example, you know, some people write for Joseph Quinn rather than Eddie Munson and some of these people actually view the person who they're writing about as a sort of like character version of this person, like their own Mm -hmm. OC based on this person which I find that concept really fascinating I never thought of it like that before um, but I'm seeing like oh like you know this isn't actually him it's it's just like joey it's just like you know this 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 person that i've kind of like made based on him and i'm like okay like i can kind of see like where you're going with that yeah um i think that there will always be a desire for people to want to read about themselves and the person that they've developed this parasocial relationship with Mm -hmm. whether that person is real or fictional, um, and I understand the argument that it borders on crossing into an unethical territory. But at the end of the day, it is all just fiction. Yeah. When I was in the Rush fandom, the argument was that these people could find these fanfics, read them, and subsequently be uncomfortable. But like, the more I think about it, if they go searching for this thing <sighs> on the internet, they have to come to terms with what they might find. Just as we all curate our own experiences through tags, um, to avoid Things that might trigger us. I think that the argument could be made equally for anyone famous enough to run the risk of fanfic being
0: written about them. You know? Yeah, that's that's such a fascinating discussion. I I don't know how I feel about it because I I feel like the argument of like, well, you went looking for it can can be used in a lot of ways. Like you could you could say that about um, and a lot of people do say that about people who get upset about press stories or things like that or like tabloids writing, like, complete fiction about them a lot of the time, or, or things like that. So mm. I just, and I, I kind of understand the, um, the desire to control your image, even if you're a public person, um, mm-hmm. and, and, yeah. Well, that's kind
1: of, that's kind of different. Like, if it's, if it's a tabloid, like a publicly published thing, I feel mm-hmm. like that's a totally different thing than, like, this hole on the <laughs> internet. That like you know what I mean. That like is never going to see the light of day. It's like on Ao3. You know what I mean. It's it's totally different having something that somebody just like you know crafted in their yeah. bedroom and posted online to a fan community, as opposed to something that's going to be on magazine yeah. shelves. Like it's it's just it's totally
0: different. Yeah, I think I, I think it's interesting because like I I remember having those thoughts before, and, and obviously I've never like written, you know, I've never written RPF and I've never written uh, reader inserts, but I remember having those thoughts when I've been, when I was writing uh, fanfic for characters in TV shows, and you know, obviously in a TV show you've got the character, but you've also got like the actor who plays them, right? And it's the same thing with Stranger Things. And I remember having thoughts to myself sometimes of like, I wonder if I was an actor playing a character, how would I feel about like fanfiction? Because it's not about, Mm. it's not about them, obviously, it's about the character. Right. But it's kind of also using them as like a part, like a vehicle yes. to, you know, yeah, yeah. So it's just like, it's just such an interesting, and I, again, like, I don't think there's any right or wrong answer about this. Like, I think, you know, as long, you know, even real people fiction, I think, as you said yourself, a lot of people, a lot of people who write it are writing they're really writing characters because right. they don't know these people. Exactly. Uh, so yeah. <laughs> it's not like they're writing stories about these people because the best they can hope for is a parasocial relationship. Exactly. So, you know, and, and I think it's, you know, parasocial relationships are very real and they're very much like something that we have to contend with. Um, mm-hmm. and so it, it's, it's, interesting uh, but I I do remember having those thoughts and being like oh I don't know like if I were an actor I don't know how I'd feel mm-hmm. about it and I honestly don't know and I don't know if there's like a right answer to it uh, but it's an interesting topic of discussion for like fan fiction as like um, as mm-hmm. like an idea and as a as an art form you know yeah I
1: I actually well back when I was in the rush Band, I was like oh hard no like that's so wrong but you know as I have as I have, you know, progressed in, in this fandom, and I've seen more of it, I was, you know, it's kind of opened my mind a little bit to it. Because um, at first, I was like, Oh, no, mm-hmm. like, I don't, you know, I don't want to read about real people. I don't want to write about real people. But, you know, um yeah, just like hearing the people's perspectives that do write this, has, has opened my mind to it. So I'm not ever going to yuck anybody's yum, (laughs) you know, like if that's, if that's what you want to do, like you do you. And yeah, yeah.
0: definitely. If, if anybody listening wants to come on to talk about RPF, I would love to have this conversation. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but coming back to reader insert, um, so do you think there's like a specific, relationship to canon as well like do you think that informs your relationship to canon when you're writing you know a reader insert into canon do you think it's important to kind of stay true to the personalities and the relationship or do you think it's more acceptable to go through an AU or something like what what do you think the relationship is with canon
1: um, yeah I just think I think that you know just like any fic the writer can take liberties on the character for the sake of the story they're telling like some fics mm-hmm. will tell you up front that they've taken certain certain liberties like giving eddie a profession like a mechanic or a line cook or making him a dad or making him older or like you know or making him you know a total a-hole like (laughs) there are plenty of things like that too (laughs) where you know they they sort of have a spin on his personality or or focus on focus more heavily on one aspect of his personality and every every person writes him differently to fit the story that they're trying to tell mm-hmm. but yeah all of all of these factors have some effect on how he's written in the story and yeah. um other characters that make appearances are much the same way
0: right and so the sort of last question that i wanted to ask you to wrap up the episode is do you have any advice for anyone who wanted to either start reading start writing um reader inserts uh, what kind of advice would you give as you've been doing this for a while
1: yeah um so so first of all understand that your readers will be people all of all different races genders body types um heights (laughs) uh we we want just make make sure that you're mindful of that when you're writing for example um saying that your character's face turned red as a result of them blushing well you know for people who have deeper skin tones that doesn't happen and i'm like you know, I'm not saying that I'm, I'm perfect. yet. Yeah, I've learned from this myself. Um, or, mm-hmm. or saying that very- is
0: that the kind of thing that people will give you, will give you like feedback on? Like if, if you do that, will people come in your comments being like, Oh, that's not right. Um, sometimes
1: I, there, it, it's rare. It's, only happened once with me but um, but yeah no and and I I appreciate when you know when people point those things out because I I want to be mindful of that I want to I don't ever want to like you know uh, alienate anybody just because I'm writing from my, yeah. uh, you know, my, my physical perspective. Um And yeah, or saying that, like, you know, reader wore a certain other characters clothes or was picked up by another character with ease. Well, that's skinny coating, you know what I mean? So just just being conscious mm-hmm. of the way that we write, read or insert characters, or, you know, if something like that does happen over the course of your story, just make a note of that, like in the in the content warning that like, you know eddie picks reader up or something like that so that the person who's reading knows that this is going to happen or you know has an understanding and and can choose whether they want to read it or not um and also you know letting your reader know if the character is going to be described as specifically feminine or you know more gender neutral yeah just like letting people know ahead of time what they're getting into is super Mm -hmm. important and and then my second piece of advice would just be write what you want to read <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah just go with your gut and tell the story in a way that's satisfying to you from an artistic standpoint don't sacrifice your unique vision for mass appeal there will always be some people who won't read your story no matter what because of the premise or the role that you've chosen for the reader character and that's fine um, but you're not writing for them you're writing for you and chances are there will be others who are craving the unique flavor of what you have to offer. So just make sure to tag your story appropriately so the reader knows what they're getting into
0: and you're golden. I mean, that is excellent advice, even outside of reader insights. It's funny you came up with that because I was like, so I just had a whole conversation on Discord with people uh, today. So this is, for context, this is April, the episode will air in June, uh, but I'm currently rereading my long fic because I'm going to be working on the future chapters. And so as I'm rereading i'm making edits and you know kind of like refining certain details and i saw this like one comment on reddit about something someone didn't like and it's been it's obsessed me all day like i've been like i need to fix this and i'm like i'm I'm trying to fix this and stuff and so i need to i need to take that advice and be like you cannot please everybody so yeah write write what you want to write um Mm -hmm. and yeah i think i think that's fantastic advice Okay, uh, well, thank you so much for coming on. Do you have any recommendations for us?
1: Yeah, so um, when I was getting back into writing after so many years of being out of practice, I found some YouTube channels that were really helpful to me, specifically Abby Emmons, Shailen Writes, and Hello Future Me. Oh,
0: that's great. I'll link that in uh, the show notes. And sh- I don't know the other, but Shailen Writes, I really, really like her. Mm-hmm. Um, I find she's great. So yeah, I would second that. I want to recommend a weird piece of art. I don't even know if this is music or, or spoken word or something in between, but, um, I would highly recommend people to watch the video and I will link it, uh, in the show notes by Ren called The Tale of Jenny and Screech. It's a series of three YouTube videos and it's, Ren is like an artist that does somewhere between like rock music and sp- spoken word, but he also does like kind of films and stuff. It's very strange and it's very, um very deep, <laughs> but uh but very, very interesting. And I've just, I've obsessed over this. Like I watched it four times and just like, I'm absolutely obsessed. And I think he's very talented. So I would recommend that okay Uh, Word Witch again thank you so so much for coming on this was like a super interesting discussion and it's so great to have a little bit of variety on the podcast as well in terms of fandom in terms of teams so (laughs) would definitely like to extend my very very sincere thanks Uh, where can we find you online yes so I
1: am word-witch spelled with a y t c h on Tumblr and also word-underscore Witch on AO3.
0: Great. And I'm Pebbly Sen on Tumblr and AO3. You can find the podcast if you have any feedback, suggestions, or topics that you want to uh, give us for next episode on Tumblr. The Tumblr is the fanficwriterscraft.tumblr.com and our ask box is open. Lastly, if you'd like to help financing the podcast, you can donate at Kofi fi dash the craft Every penny helps to keep us running. Thank you so much again for coming on. This was lovely. Oh, thank you so
1: much for having me. This was, this is a delight. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Okay. Bye everyone. Bye. Bye.